You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCUService.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli, uh, and uh, with me is uh, not Matt Smith. Um, uh, over the hiatus, uh, we, we took a hiatus to do uh, our other show, um, The Mind Robbers versus Veronica Mars, and the plan was to finish that because we sort of uh, had, a, had a time in mind um, to get that done in time for the movie, uh, so we needed to sort of double time that show and uh, in order to get that done, something had to go on the back burner. And so we thought this was a good time to put The Doctor's Companion on a back burner. Well, when we finished Veronica Mars and we're gonna, ready to come back to, to The Doctor's Companion, Matt sort of decided that uh, his life is getting very busy lately. And, uh, and, and with our last episode featuring him being the, uh, the end of the Matt Smith era, he decided this was a good time to uh, call it quits and bow out. Um, so he has bowed out as co-host of the doctor's companion. So, um, you know, uh, just want to thank him for, uh, God, I think it was three, it's been three years of, uh, of, of great, um, doctor's companion, uh, as, as a phenomenal co-host and the show wouldn't be what it is, uh, without him. So I want to thank him for, for being on for as long as he has, and we're going to continue doing all of our other shows, um, on mindrubber.net. So, uh, don't worry about that. Um, but going forward, I'm going to keep uh, the Doctor's Companion going since you know I've been I've been around before Matt, and and now I'm going to continue on without him. Uh, and except that now um, the plan is that I will not have a regular co-host. Instead, um, I will actually have a series of guest hosts, and uh, the first of which uh, today. Um, going on through uh, all of the Russell T. Davies stuff, anytime that we we cover one of the Russell T. Davies era stories, so that means anything from the ninth or tenth Doctor. Um, I'm going to have uh, my my new guest host for those episodes, uh, Nick Jimenez. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> Hi. I I really wanted to s- just interject, and now his watch has ended, but I didn't want to interrupt <laughs> your. Uh... <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. His his song has ended. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll never I'll never remember. I will never forget when the Matt Smith was me. <laughs> Very good. Um okay, so uh Nick, um I think this is the first time that you've re- appeared on any of the mindrover.net shows. Um, yeah. You're you're uh you're you were a friend of a uh, friend of ours um going back to the Geek Show years. The Geek Show era. Yeah. Um it's kind of is- like how you always want Jack Harkness to show up. And- <laughs> right. <laughs> It would, it would look weird. <laughs> yeah, um, we've talked about we we bring you up a lot on on our other shows. Um, we we reference things that we've talked to you about, uh, but this is the first time that you've been on any of them. So so welcome. And um, why don't you uh, why don't you tell the kids at home uh, what your background is with the show? Uh yeah. Well, my first, um, literally the very first time I ever heard about Doctor Who. Uh, that I can remember, like I'm sure, like reading like a Douglas Adams biography, like it came up, and the, the first thing that really like struck me 
was uh, in like 04, 05, uh, I was reading Entertainment Weekly, and they had like, hey, Doctor Who's coming back to sci-fi, and Simon Pegg's in it. He's, he's like the bad guy in this episode. I'm like, oh, Simon Pegg. Hmm. Um, that sounds, I, I'll watch anything. I'll literally watch anything that he was in. This was like 05. Um, and so I did. I watched Doctor Who on sci-fi. And um, yeah, I was just, I fell in love with it. Like, uh, you know, it was kind of the perfect show in my mind. Because it was like, you get a little like 42 minute movie every week. And so, you know, uh, so I've been on it since 05. So uh, since got, the beginning of the beginning of the relaunch, really, which which is becoming more and more of a declaration now. Yeah, yeah, no, it really <laughs> is because now for for most people, their first episode is the eleventh hour. Sure, yeah, um, it used to be like, oh, you started with Rose, get out of here. And now it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you're not a real Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Now, if you if you show up before eleventh hour, it's impressive, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've gone back and watched some old Who. It's not for like, a, oh, it's it's black and white. It's just it's it's hard to get a hold of. And yeah. uh, so I, th- I think I saw like the arc. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I'm not nearly as well versed as uh, as uh, Smith as Mr. Smith was. But you know, uh, I've I've seen about every I've seen every single episode since uh, since Eccleston. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, all right, so today on the show, uh, since since we we've got you here, uh, we're going to be covering what is what is what has actually become um, sort of the fan favorite episode of uh, of of Doctor Who, um, almost Doctor Who in general, um, sure. but definitely of uh, of the New Who era, which is uh, Blink, the Curse Curse of the Black Spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously it's that one. <laughs> um, uh, Blink, uh, which, uh, you know, in most fan favorite polls tends to come up second next to uh, The Keys of Androzani, which is the fifth Doctor's regeneration story, mm. which is widely considered as the best episode of Doctor Who ever. Um, but uh, I, I, which I think is interesting, especially considering this is a Doctor Light episode. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about this as we go through it, but you know it's also widely regarded as like the best episode to start new who fans on um people who are new to this this show which i don't necessarily agree with but we'll we'll talk about that when we get into the actual episode but sure yeah to talk about some background and significance here um obviously the big thing is that yes it is a huge fan favorite episode uh it's a moffat penned episode um this is this is the episode. This is, I believe, the last episode that Moffat wrote before uh, he got the job as showrunner. Not before he took over the show, but I believe the library two-parter he wrote after knowing that he was taking over the show, which is why he introduced River Song there, so that then that storyline would continue um, into the fifth <coughs> series. Um, so I believe this is the last episode that he wrote uh, before he was made the new showrunner. Um, Obviously, this is a Doctor Companion Light episode, um, and these want, these came in when the uh, Christmas special started. So because of the Christmas specials, like with the Eccleston era, you had 13 episodes, and it all sort of like blocked out really well. Um, the shooting schedule, the production schedule blocked out really well with 13 episodes. But then when they threw in a 14th episode, they realized that in order to make the, continue to make the show cheaply – they would need an episode every season that was a Doctor and Companion light episode so that uh, they could shoot two episodes at the same time. Um, so in season two, they did that with um, with the uh, the uh, 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 Love and Monsters. 
Um, and then, uh, which they shot at the same time as Impossible Planet and Satan Pit. And then this one they shot at the same time as Human Nature and Family of Blood, which was the two part of that, um, came right before this. And, um, by, uh, so, so this was the, the Doctor Companion Light episode. Uh, in season four, they switched that around by, um, separating the Doctor and Companion Light episodes. So there was a Doctor Light one and a Companion Light one. Um, therefore, there wasn't like a, there wasn't, an episode where no one was in it really um sure because uh it didn't go so well with love and monsters but it went really well here but i I don't think they wanted to press their luck um so originally moffat was offered the dalek two-parter of this season which ended up being the daleks uh in manhattan that episode um but he turned it down because he didn't have time to write that um because he was too busy doing uh producing and and writing jekyll which was going on uh during this season oh my Uh, god yeah. Jekyll. Wow. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. The, fr- the first time that he modernized a, a classic bit of literature, Man. Um, the one that everyone forgets about because there weren't any homosexual undertones. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, so then he was he had already pitched the two parter, which became the library episode. And so uh, he was asked to do that one instead. Uh, just later into the season and he had to turn that down too because he just didn't have time to write a two-parter so eventually he conceded into doing the um the the doctor companion light episode which he he uh adapted from a short story that he wrote in back in 2006 called what i did on on my christmas holidays by sally sparrow um and the episode was originally titled sally sparrow and the weeping angels um and uh and yeah so that's kind of where it comes from um and i think that the uh, the the really interesting thing uh with this story is that it's actually the first episode of doctor who to be directed by a female um in this case uh in this case uh hetty mcdonald um this is the first episode to be directed by a female since mark of the ronnie which was a sixth doctor story um in the 80s so it had been a really long time um, too long yeah, very long. Uh, so that's sort of where uh, where where <coughs> Blink comes from um, and everything. Uh, so we're going to talk about that and just about the episode itself in just a second. Before we do, I want to remind you that uh, we are sponsored by DCBService.com. It's the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic books and collectibles at discounts your local comic book shop just can't compete with. You use DCBS to place your orders two months in advance and get discounts of 40% off, special discounts up to 50% off. And you can place an order as big or large as you like and ship monthly, bi-weekly, or weekly with flat rate shipping of only $6.95 every time an order goes out. So thanks to DCBService.com. Also, InStockTrades.com is the site where you can purchase any hardcover or paperback graphic novel collection that's currently in print at massive discounts of 25 to 45% off. And if that's not good enough for you, check back on Wednesdays uh, for new release specials of 50% percent off every single week and remember all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping um available at in stock trades right now actually uh because doctor who um has become such a a uh, a big seller for the site they have um started selling like those uh those bbc doctor who novels um which is uh, really cool that they've started doing that. So you can actually get not just comics, but the actual prose novels. Um, on, so you read on, a real book for once. Yeah, right? I don't know if the, anyone would consider that a real book, but, you know, uh, <laughs> depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there's, uh, there's a monster collection that just came out um, recently where each book is focused on um, – there's eight of them, and it's – uh, it features like the eight iconic monsters of Doctor Who, 
Um, for example, uh, there is Scales of Injustice, which was written by Gary Russell, and it features uh, Liz Shaw, John Pertwee, and Unit. And then, uh, then of course, um, the, the Silurians uh, is the monster in that book. So um, on top of all of, the, all of the comics and whatnot, they are also starting uh, novels from BBC Books. So um, very exciting, and uh, thanks to, to uh, InStockTrades.com. Okay, yeah. so uh, Blink... Written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Hetty McDonald, um, and uh, and 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 starring uh, someone who uh, wasn't very well known until um, right after this, and, yeah. and now she has she has long hair here, and it's weird now. It is. It, it, it's disconcerting. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Carrie Mulligan <clears throat> plays Sally Sparrow in this, uh, and she kind of became a breakout star um, shortly after this. Uh, to the point where it's weird seeing her on a random episode of a television show. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this, I mean, look, everyone's seen this story. I don't need to go into it. Um, but I think that uh, there is a lot to a lot to talk about. One, just from the Moffat of it all. Uh, Moffat, of course, becoming the new showrunner. And this is one of his early stories. And I think it's always interesting looking back at these early Moffat stories to see uh, what – what happened thing, yeah well what happened and just like were there were there warning signs like <laughs> you know um but but uh but yeah so let's let's go ahead i've talked enough uh nick what are your what are your overall thoughts like what was your first uh thought on blink when you first saw it and and rewatching it now um so many years later uh how do you feel about it yeah i mean um i the first time i saw this it wasn't it wasn't pre it it wasn't premeditated with a lot of hype um, I wasn't. I, I would kind of just sit down and watch the show as it came on, and so like when this episode started, it was just like another episode of Doctor Who, and it was written by Stephen Moffat, who at that point I had become like a fan of. With it was girl, the girl in the fireplace was the first episode, and I'm like, oh, Stephen Moffat, like that's a name, that's like a quality, that's like an assurance of quality. Yep. And um, oh, the way we were, and I. <laughs> That being said, um, I I have to admit I don't pre- I remember having a lot of fun with this episode the first time I saw it, like oh wow that was a really good episode of Doctor Who, Switch like I I, I don't remember being blown away emotionally the way I was with like the girl in the fireplace, mm-hmm. um and so the fact that this episode is has become like the once more with feeling. Uh, of Doctor Who is it, it makes sense because it is so accessible like it, 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 it is it's not very light it's light on continuity it's it's simple it's a it's great storytelling I don't want to undersell like you know the angels are a great monster in this episode um, but I never really got or understood in a heart way why this became the episode I understand it intellectually but it, I just, I've never loved it the way that uh, the fandom has. It's a great piece of writing. Totally, it it, it works more. It it works so well. But um, it's I I I wouldn't put it on like my list of favorite Doctor Who episodes. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, because I think the argument is that Blink is only a Doctor Who episode despite itself. Yeah. Um. Like I mean, um. I that the fact that the Doctor and the TARDIS are in this are really more of an afterthought. Like. If, if this was just about like these angel statues who if they touch you you go back in time and leave, live to death that's interesting enough that mm-hmm. the doctor isn't really a necessity here 
Um, this could have just been a really cool short film and that, that would have been fine. Yeah, so, yeah. so the fact that people consider this one of the best episodes of Doctor Who ever, I almost feel is disrespectful to Doctor Who as a show. Sure. So, uh, Well, the first episode, like when I, when I, like when I showed my, my best friend Doctor Who, uh, the first episode I showed him was The Lodger. Mm, which I think, which I think is a light on continuity. It's not convoluted, and it's great, and it shows the Doctor being the Doctor. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my ideal. Uh, I also before Smith, I would show friends the girl in the fireplace mm-hmm. because also light on continuity. It shows you what why the character works. It shows you what's cool about the show. Yeah. Um. But it's also it, it's the Doctor being the Doctor. Yeah. Girl in the fireplace was always my go to. Yeah, that was always my go to Um, because I I, I think you're right. Like, I think it's smarter to do an episode like to show off an episode that shows off the show. Blink doesn't show off the show. Blink shows off Stephen Moffat. Right. It shows off Stephen Moffat and it shows off something that will never be recreated again on the show. Um, Like if you go into Doctor Who thinking you're going to get, you know, 13 episodes of Blink every week, you're never going to get that because this is not what the show is. Sure. This is a totally separate thing. And what ultimately what's kind of sad in retrospect uh, is I I I made this analogy last night. If like in the context of the angels as characters, this is alien. We never got an aliens and then everything after this is like Alien Three and Alien Resurrection. <laughs> yeah, and and so and, and so watching this episode, it was kind of like it made me nostalgic because they're so effective in this episode. I don't want to undersell that. There, it's genius. Yeah, but it's kind of like it kind of bums you out because you know what's coming. Yeah, and, uh, well, because they're they're just more mysterious here, and it's yeah, funny because yeah. the explanation of how they work, which is like, oh, their bodies turn to stone. That's not how they work after this. Like yeah, there's it, that there's that um that episode, you know, the the two-parter in series 5, which I I could I could make the argument is the aliens of the Weeping Angel sure. episodes cuz I, I still think that's a really strong episode whereas Alien 3 is not so strong. It is. Um, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. But like there's that moment where Amy is uh has has like is blind or whatever or has to keep her eyes shut mm. and the angel starts slowly realizing that she's not looking at them and then start moving and you just hear stone moving. And I was like, "But I thought they turned to stone when you can't see them." And they were like gargoyles. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Like exactly, like gargoyles, like the cartoon. That's what I thought. Like I thought they were living creatures, not stone creatures that just don't move when you're looking at them. Like I thought they turned to literally turned to stone. Like isn't that even a line that they literally turned to stone? Sure. So I, I just find that I, I find the whole continuity with with the angels extremely problematic because it really seems that Stephen Moffat is like, well, I created them, so I can just make them be whatever. Um, yeah. and, and whatever I need them to be in an episode, that's what they'll be because whatever, like I make the rules, sure. which is, uh, unfortunate, which, which he does. He does. He does. He um, does make the rules. He does. Uh, they're not very good rules all the time. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but okay. So like the episode itself, um, I think, I do think it's a really great episode. Um, I, I like the, the circular, uh, logic of everything. Oh yeah. Um, it's I, so tidy. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, which is, you know, like uh, really interesting considering how messy most things are um, yeah. from Stephen Moffat in the future because uh, he just keeps getting more and more complicated. But this is this is like 
deceptively complicated. Like it, it really, it just, it seems simple, but it's, 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 uh, or, or I'm sorry, it seems complicated, but it's not, it's actually very simple. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no, there's no fat at all. No, no. It's a very lean episode, which I, uh, I, I, I quite like that for it. Definitely. And it's, um, I guess I would, I would say, cause looking back, you know, um, this seems to be an episode that Stephen Moffat wrote as opposed to like a Stephen Moffat episode. Mm-hmm. Well, cause like so many of the things that I like about it, you know, the, the dialogue, the, the names, the kind of like snappy, like Sa- he, he will never, he, he, ne- he has yet to write in a character like Sally Sparrow again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's Carrie Mulligan's performance, which is really good mm-hmm. in the context of a character. She doesn't have a lot to do. She's kind of, She's kind of just experiencing it through uh, for us, right? But she has plenty of moments where, like, oh, you're Carrie Mulligan, like you're really selling this, right? Um, but like, you know, there's been you know tons of articles and posts and whatnot about you know the Stephen Moffat woman, yeah. And it's not Sally Sparrow. She's she's you never doubt for a second that she isn't smart. She's so smart, but it's not in a blunt way the way that River Song is or Amy Pond is mm-hmm. and she's I, it, it, it's so interesting that this is in some ways like unlike any of his other episodes and yet like the quintessential moth yeah I think that there are certain moments where Sally Spiro does uh, suffer from moffatisms sure um, there's that that moment where uh, he she first visits um, her friend's brother at the at the video store and she he's like do I know you you seem really familiar and he's she's just like she's like it'll come to you and then he's like oh and she's like yeah it is like that's very that feels like a river river song sure. moment um, or an Amy Pond moment like I could see both of them doing the same thing which is what my argument with most Stephen Moffat women <clears throat> is that. There, he writes them all exactly the same on paper, and it's only the actresses that change the, them or, or sure. make them memorable in any way. Um, but I, I would agree that Sally Spiro is definitely the least of all of those, uh, for sure. Um, the most but, understated. Yeah, definitely the most understated. Absolutely. Um, but I will say that the men in this episode actually suffer from a lot of Moffatisms. Yeah, I was – Because that's was... something that nobody talks about because, you know – men don't need to be talked about but I, I think it's interesting to point out that like not only does he tend to write all of his women the same he does kind of he do he does have a tendency to write all of his men uh, very similarly too or at yes. least he has like three types of men and that's it like when when the brother showed up it was kind of like oh hi Ar- arthur darville right exactly yeah, he's like he, he's like a like a Arthur like he's like he's like a Rory, Rory. Uh, prototype. Um, and the roommate he, is totally Melanie or. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, 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 the uh, the guy in the um, the cop. Uh, the well, yeah, the cop and oh. the guy in the past are kind of the same character. Um, sure, yeah. In a lot of ways, uh, but like I don't know. It's just it's 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 interesting. Just like the way that they interact with women, um, he tends to only have one idea of what a man and woman's interaction is supposed to be like. Sure. Um, and, uh, it's, it, it's like terrified or like screwball comedy. Like right. there's literally only two settings. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
and uh, yeah, it's it's problematic. Um, but I do think that as a thing that stands on its own, I think it's a really great episode. But I oh, don't. Yeah. I, I just don't think that it's very indicative of Doctor Who, and I don't think it's a good idea to show this to people first. It's it's more like, hey, do you want to watch? Like, I I would like put this in like my Halloween playlist more than like my Doctor Who playlist. Yes, absolutely. I was like, hey, do you want to watch a really cool like forty-two minute horror movie? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, it even has that, 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 that <clears throat> tag at the end where it's just showing a bunch of statues. Sure. Um, like, Oh, any of these could be weeping angels, which is which... just a horror movie ending. Like that's not even a doctor <laughs> who ending. That's a, that's like an M night Shyamalan kind of move. It's also, it's a horror movie ending very specific to Europe. Yeah. That too. <laughs> Cause yeah. like, I, every, every time I watch it, I'm like, I don't see that many statues in my life like, day to day. <laughs> Yeah, I think you have to live in like Chicago or New York for that to be the case. Oh no! Yeah, (laughs) they're everywhere. No, (laughs) not really. I'd be fine. (laughs) We got got that one. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, anyway. Um, Yeah. So I kind of knew this would be a short episode. um, Yeah, I mean, there's not a. It's been it's it's been talked to death, and like I. We, you know, we can't really mine a whole. I mean, I'm. I was shocked at how much I remembered about it. Like the the police officer, mm-hmm. I, I remember when he showed up. I remarked like, "Oh, oh, he's awesome. He's great. I love him." Mm-hmm. And I hadn't. I had forgotten. He's only in one scene. Yeah, but he makes such an impression yeah. that you you feel. I remember him being like like the sidekick for, in this episode. But no, mm-hmm. he's, he's in that one scene. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the interesting thing is that you know all, from all we've said about uh, about. Doctor Who and about about Moffat writing Doctor Who and his characters being a very specific type. I think that that specific type actually really works for this episode because you're you're hanging with a bunch of characters that you don't really know. So having have giving them overbearing personalities actually helps them become It's memorable. necessary, yeah. Yeah. Whereas later on, you know, you do that with other characters and it's like, okay, well I've kind of had enough of them. <laughs> Sure, stretching yeah. it over the course of, and you know it's um, there's this one really interesting, and maybe this is me being too too critical, but there's a great moment where um, you know they're watching the you know they're watching ten make the video, you know his half of the conversation, mm-hmm. and he's like oh the angels have the phone box and he goes oh I love that part I have that on a t-shirt, and I'm like oh my god that's like the that is like, in retrospect that's such like a him thing to say about something he wrote oh yes. And yes. it's and it's such a weird complex because I used to think that was so awesome, mm-hmm. and so it's like, did I change or did he? You know, it, it, it's 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 been a very interesting relationship for a writer that I, I do still admire. I think. Well, I think what's interesting is that um, I think that he, I don't think he's necessarily, ch- I don't think he's changed at all. Is what I think the issue is. Sure. Whereas, like most writers, they they change, but they kind of like change up, like they keep getting better or growing as writers. Whereas Moffat seems to have found the thing that works for him and has just stuck with it. And play I the think, hits. Yeah, and I think we've all just slowly gotten kind of bored. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of he's sort of become like My Pretty Pony in a way, where mm-hmm. it's like he, he we want to hear the hits, but it's like, is there you know, does he have like? a backpack of stuff that like Piz will find this getting, I when, why am I going on with this analogy? I don't know. Uh, you're going into Veronica Mars territory, which uh, I don't know if anyone is getting that reference. that's listening uh, to this, but if you are good for you, good work. 
but yeah, and it's you know we're going into a new era. It's it's always cool to look back on the era before the era before before at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and you know I miss it. Um, oh yeah, it's it just seemed to be so much. It seemed to be so much more about um. It, it, the Russell T. Davis era seemed to be so much less about itself than the Moffat era has been. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, the, the Russell T. Davis era was, I mean, in you know, to a fault sometimes. Like, okay, on this week's episode, the Doctor, you know, goes to Pompeii, and you know, sometimes you wouldn't like that episode, sometimes you would, and it was just kind of like a fun adventure. Mm-hmm. And now it's become such like a weird salsa dance of like prophecies and paradoxes and callbacks and it, it it was nice to just go back to an adventure mm-hmm. definitely I'm really hoping that that aspect of the show ends up not necessarily being about Moffat but really about Matt Smith's era and yeah, what and we'll Moffat see. wanted to do with that hopefully Capaldi is uh, different has sure. a different focus just D- Davies was such a showman yeah he was he was like yeah and you know uh, going into more episodes, uh, we'll talk about this more. But he was—he was just a, really about like you know, ah, make it fun for the kids. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, uh, that's uh, that's Blink, um, and uh, uh, I don't know what, what 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 do you have anything to plug, Nick? Uh no, I mean, uh, I follow me on Twitter at uh, at Nick M Jimenez. Uh, if you want to. I really don't. Uh, I don't have a lot of online activity going on right now. Actually, it's a lot of offline stuff. Okay, fair enough. Which, fair enough. Um, but if you have, uh, if you listeners have thoughts you want to share, if you want to say, if you want to say goodbye to Matt, good place to do that would be uh, to find the post of this episode on mindrobber.net and leave a comment. Um, I'm sure he'll read and respond to all of them uh, because uh, you know. It's 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 nice to let him know that he's he he was loved and missed. Um, so uh, go go to mindrobber.net and leave a comment. Say goodbye to Matt. Um, he's with he's with other Scott now on a beach. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to uh, send us an email, you can do that at podcast at mindrobber.net. Um, if you want to be a guest host on the show, that's a good place to do um, that. Send uh-huh. send an email and uh, and let me know um, that you're interested in, in in maybe doing an episode uh, eventually. Um, uh, yeah, podcast at mindrobber.net. Uh, if you like Veronica Mars, um, well, you're almost out of luck <laughs> because that show's almost over. Uh, actually, I think the the series just ended. Um, on Friday, uh, as of this, as of this episode being released, I finished it last night. Yeah. Um, but the, the movie has yet to, the movie episode has yet to come out. Um, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, after also in that episode, we'll be announcing what show we're going to be taking on, uh, post Veronica Mars and the mind robbers versus, you know, and that's, that's the show of course, where Matt and I, uh, pick a show that we love and we talk about it episode by episode, um, each, uh, each uh, episode of the podcast focuses on two episodes of the series that we're covering um, and it runs uh, usually between like 15 to 30 minutes depending on how much we have to say about it um, so check out the Mind Robbers Versus and then of course uh, the Mind Robbers which is our flagship podcast comes out bi-weekly 
And we have a uh, main topic discussion, which is usually like a television series or or that sort of thing. And then um, we have a movie pick and we talk comics and books and video games and whatever else we've been doing since the last time we did an episode. And that's uh, that's the Mind Robbers. Uh, if you're on Twitter, uh, follow at Mind Robber Pod so you'll know the second a new episode hits. Or you can follow me at my personal account at Scott Corelli or, uh, or Nick at Nick M. Jimenez. Uh, if you like the show, do us a favor and review us on iTunes. Um, five-star reviews are preferable. Um, and uh, and then, of course, uh, most importantly, be our street team and, and tell everyone that they should be listening if, uh, if they like this sort of thing. Um, next time uh, with, with Nick, uh, Nick will be back in uh, about a little over a month. Um, to talk about the tenth Doctor story, Unicorn and the Wasp. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, that's the next one. That's uh, just t- that's my favorite episode of Doctor Who. Oh wow! Really? That's yeah. great. Okay. Did not know we were doing that until just now. Oh, that'll be really interesting. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, that'll be that'll be the next episode you're on. Um, but next week uh, we'll be doing the Peter Davison story, Terminus, with guest host Cassandra Fredrickson. Um, oh sweet. Followed by uh, The Seeds of Doom, which is a fourth Doctor story, which I'll be doing with Paul Montgomery. And then uh, and then after that, uh, The Space Museum, which is a first Doctor story, which I'll be doing with uh, my friend Michael Gorman. Um, so uh, lots of stuff to look forward to. And uh, we'll, see you, we'll see you next week with uh, Peter Davison and Terminus. Bye. See you later. Bye.